Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Enjoy today's show. Gabby, uh, really good to talk to you. Um, love to get a better sense of how you look at the origins of YGG uh, along with uh, with Axie. I see you sporting several Axies on a t-shirt right now. <laughs> um, so help me understand a little bit how community looks like when, uh, when I look at YGG in relationship to Axie. Sure. So when, you know, I started getting into NFTs starting in 2018, I noticed that uh, the NFTs, I mean, they're just not built around the assets themselves. It's really built around the communities around them. And Axie itself is one of the strongest communities, even when I joined in 2018, when there were less than 500 people in the Discord server, everyone uh, were very welcoming towards newcomers and kind of help other people get in the game. And this was because the, that the Axie economy was basically owned by the player base. And that's why it had such an engaged community that f felt a genuine sense of ownership over not only the axes, but kind of the project itself. And this is something that I've always carried towards the work that I've done. And when we started uh, Yield Guild Games or YGG last year, as a play to earn gaming guild that started with Axie lending or scholarship program, um, we, uh, yeah, we really focused on having a kind of really strong community first. And um, yeah, that lessons that we learned from Axie, it carries through to the work that we do today. So let's talk a bit more about some of the learnings. I think one interesting thing that you just said was that when you went to the Discord, there were originally only 500 people, it started growing and people felt a sense of ownership. So I, my guess mm -hmm. is you're not talking about a cryptographic sense of ownership. Yeah, so uh, I would say that uh, Axie had always uh, treated its community like co-owners and co-creators of the game itself, in fact, several of the key hires, notably both Geo and PsychOut, came from the very early Discord community and later on became a, a co-founders and really key parts of the project itself. Um, and having that sense of ownership where you not only own the assets in a game or a project, but you're also being heard by the developers and the, and the developers are treating you like co-creators of a project. I think this is really important. And this goes beyond, for example, uh, governance. Like Axie hasn't, doesn't have a formal governance uh, project right now, but I think that it actually listens to its community more than a lot of DAOs that may have like formal voting, but not uh, doesn't have a real kind of strong core of community. So yeah, so this is really important to think for any project, especially something that we carried over to YGG. Um, are you listening to your community? What are they saying? And how do you incorporate that into your vision of where to take the, the project? So let's talk a bit more about that. I think in the Axie case, it's a group of developers, right? Who listen to what a bunch of players initially were saying, uh, and it's evolved. I think for YGG, you guys aren't a core group of developers, right? 
Yeah, that's right. We are a player community. I mean, there is um, some development happening because uh, we create, uh, well, I mean, we, we buy and invest into NFT assets. So we choose the games and then we create a technology platform around that that allows the players to kind of use these games. So we, uh, it's a very community-centric model, but we still have a very clear vision on where we want to take YGG. And it's something that the founders really kind of hold dear and want to build out that vision. So that vision itself is kind of not up for committee, but how you get there, um, what your community cares about, how you listen and then implement things along the way, those are very important to any project. So tell me a bit more about, uh, about that vision and then tell me how the community fits into it. But first, the first part. Yeah, so we want to bring the next billion people into crypto and Web3 via play to earn games. So we want to democratize access to the crypto economy. The, uh, the biggest criticism of crypto had always been you need to get money. You need to have money to start with um, uh, to get started in crypto and then start your fortunes that way. And there are many people who want to participate, but they just don't have any money. They're in debt. And these are the people that actually need the benefits of crypto the most. So what PlayToEarn does and what guilds do is that it gives access to the Web3 and crypto economies to these people who need them the most by uh, communities that can teach them how to play a game, for example, use a wallet, um, get into Web3 and uh, yeah, just make their lives better for themselves by giving them uh, giving them an income that they might not have been able to access in uh, in a local manner. Where do you see YGG ending up? So like five years from now, I mean, you've onboarded a billion people. How do you organize or how do you even communicate with, with a billion people? Yeah, of course. And how it works is that, you know, we call ourselves a guild of guilds. No one wants to be in a guild with even 100,000, 10,000 people. So that's why we're organized into uh, what we call sub-DAOs. And sub-DAOs are smaller units of guilds that kind of make up the atomic units of YGG. So YGG itself is not one guild. There's maybe uh, over 25 sub-guilds in uh, the Philippines itself. Um, and uh, people are built on a certain geographical area or organized around a certain game or maybe organized around assets in a certain game. So the guild structure itself gets smaller and smaller until people have, I guess, a, a crew that they want to run with inside the game, but collectively with a vision, with the products, with the assets we have, it's served by the greater mission of YGG. That's really fascinating, right? Because I think one argument that many people make about Web3 is that geographical boundaries don't matter anymore, right? Like the typical communities don't matter anymore, like separation by language, separation by geography, um, separation by economic class. But I think you've taken and turned the model on its head a little bit. And you're saying that it, these kinds of people that are geographically bound, that speak the same language, that have certain similarities, you can ever actually leverage these, these aspects and then bring them into Web3 precisely because of aspects that are not the very web two in some sense. Is that correct or? Yeah, that's true. A lot of people saying they want to bring uh, web three NFTs crypto to the masses, but who's the one going out there village to village and converting people who don't have any money into crypto web three users, give them a wallet, teach them how to use it and then give them an income 
via playing Axie or some other game that gives them the money wherein they can do things. These are the steps that are required to actually bring the next billion people into Web3. So in that sense, how do you see YGG as the guild of guilds? Um, what, what is its relationship to the guilds below it? Um, maybe it's not even below or above it. <laughs> so we see ourselves as a kind of metaverse federation. We've been called the labor union of the metaverse. So we have the kind of community structure, the technology, the guild assets, and the token itself as a coordinating mechanism so that people can have their own guilds built around these uh, yield-bearing NFT assets inside games and the virtual world so that people can find their creative jobs in the metaverse. What do you think is YGG going to have to avoid? What are some of the pitfalls that it will have to avoid in order to achieve its vision? Well, one that we're actively thinking of is regulation. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of uncertainty in regulation around people earning income from Smooth Lab Potion tokens, for example. How is the tax viewer going to brew it? How, uh, view it? How is the SEC going to view it? So there's a lot of uh, proactive discussion with the regulators uh, that have to be made uh, around that. So when you look at kind of YGG as a guild of guilds, or just like one huge community, I think that's probably not a very useful way of looking at it, right? It's better to look at it as kind of a community of communities. I think what you're saying yeah. here is that different types of tasks need to get done. For example, yeah. regulatory compliance, right? For example, provisioning of assets, uh, for example, yeah. actual recruitment of new of new members, right? Um, yeah. Did this division of labor arise in an emergent way or was this something that you kind of thought about originally and then tried to implement? I guess it's a mix of both. Uh, there is a core team that does jobs kind of as the kind of core team, pretty much like employees of the guild. But there's a lot of jobs in the guild that are uh, from our community members, from community helpers, to uh, people who are, you know, creating memes for us, active in social media. Uh, we have a weekly show on Discord called Game Hunters, where some community members do uh, uh, stream a show to showcase the best uh, upcoming play-to-earn games. So it's a mix of both. And I think the work that we do as the core team of YGG is to create things that will enable the community to be able to create more around it and thus enable the network effects and take full advantage of a token-based DAO system. So what if you, I mean, DAOs are kind of like an emergent trend in, in Web3 and crypto, right? Um, given your experience with YGG, what do you think of them? Um, so I think DAO is the first major upgrade in how people are organized since uh, kind of the limited liability corporation itself. So if a corporation is like the analog version of uh, organizing people to do a job, I think DAOs are the kind of natively digital version to do that. And one of the best distinguishing features of a DAO is that the ownership in the form of tokens means that it is now so easy to be able to remunerate and give ownership to the people who 
are giving value to the network or the protocol, which was not as easy to do in equity, for example, because there's a lot of rules around it and it's kind of uh, this high friction around it. So for example, if, uh, if I have an application with 2 million users, I can't just easily give them one share each, for example, in my company. And with a DAO-based ownership model via tokens, it's a lot easier to do that. It's as easy as setting a smart contract that can send tokens to an address that contributed something to your network, whether it's financial or kind of work contribution. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.